to the polls and cast your vote. Time to have your say. Let your voice be heard now. You can make such a beautiful way. Welcome to a special edition of the League of Women Voters program. This is Vivian Hart, and I will be your host on behalf of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. We are a nonpartisan organization, and we encourage citizens to be informed about and active in our government. However, we do not support any political party or candidate. We're delighted that you've joined us today. I'm going to be interviewing Judy Wood, who is our former president of our local league, and she's also the secretary for our state board. Welcome, Judy. Thank you, Vivian. It's delightful to be here. You're going to tell us today about a new committee we have in the league called DEI. What does DEI stand for, and why did this committee even start? Yes, DEI is short for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And this committee was formed because the National League of Women Voters of the United States felt like the organization was not diverse and needed to represent all people. And so they decided to have a committee to focus on this. And at the national convention in 2018, they had a number of panels, which I attended, and came back and thought, okay, let's try to, to make this happen in Tucson. And we reached out to the communities and the neighborhoods south of Tucson and also to the Sugar Hill community. Tell us about the communities to the south of Tucson and what kinds of things that you've done with them. All right. Well, this is the South Neighborhood Associations, and we have attended their neighborhood meetings, and we have helped them where they have asked for help. We don't uh, push ourselves into their organization, but we attend their meetings. That's smart. And... Uh, one of their first requests is that we would attend a liquor license forum that they were having so that we would be knowledgeable on how local establishments got their liquor license so that we could help them in their efforts to make sure that those people who got liquor licenses were qualified for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. They were concerned about the number of liquor establishments in their community, and so they monitored that. This is not a project that the League of Women Voters usually becomes knowledgeable about. However, we felt we wanted to support the community, and so we d did that. In addition, um, South Tucson, uh, the Sunnyside area, actually this is the Sunnyside neighborhoods, have an All-American Awards Dinner where they honor children from the school system in Sunnyside. Mm, good for them. And these are the students who are good citizens. And they have a dinner where their parents can come and they receive commendations from multiple government agencies in the greater Tucson area. So we attended that and we support them in their endeavors to do that. Good. So you clapped and you applauded and you, you gave these students right. kudos for doing well. Correct. Very good. Yes. And in Sugar Hill, uh, which is a neighborhood around Grant 
and Lee uh, and Stone in that area, and it's an African-American community. We've become involved with them because they are interested in preserving housing for people who can't afford expensive housing. Mm -hmm. And so we're a little concerned about gentrification, Mm -hmm. and so we're helping them on that project. Tell, Tell our listeners what gentrification means. Well, gentrification is where we have an established house in an established neighborhood, and it's affordable. And because it's affordable, people who have more means come in and purchase these homes, mm-hmm. upgrade them, so they become more expensive. Mm-hmm. And that or, raises the value of the property around them. Yes, and it also raises the taxes. Mm-hmm. And many of these houses in this particular area and the areas around the university, this happens because People buy housing so that students can live in it, Mm -hmm. and then they have income from it. And so it changes the character of the neighborhood. And we were approached by the Sugar Hill community to help them preserve their community. They have historic housing in that neighborhood, too, don't they? Yes, they do. But that particular neighborhood does not have historic designation. Oh, And so we are looking into how we might be able to help them with that also. Good. So actually what you're doing is trying to keep it as affordable housing for the people who live there. Correct. Very good. So actually what diversity, equity, and inclusion is doing is we are reaching out to those populations who are not naturally in the membership of the League of Women Voters historically Mm -hmm. because... The League of Women Voters started 100 years ago when women got the right to vote. And at that point, it was white women who had the right to vote. Mm -hmm. And the League of Women Voters is predominantly a white woman's organization. And we want to represent all people, all colors, men as well as women. And the Tucson League has over 10% of its membership as men. And they're very active in our group. Actually, we even have a men's committee. Yes, we do. We have a men's group. And they they welcome the newer members that are men. They like to eat. And so they gather at gatherings of food. But they're very, very helpful and supportive of us in all our projects. Mm-hmm. So that's one area of, of diversity. We're, we're looking to expand our assistance. This is not a membership enhancement tool. This is to be of assistance to the community because the League of Women Voters, having been an organization for 100 years and over 75 years here in Tucson, um, have a lot of tools in our toolkit, so to speak. And we can use these to help those organizations and those communities and those people who need some of our tools to help them accomplish their goals. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I understand that the DEI committee had a Tuesday movie night during the summer. Would you please tell us about that? Yes, because the heat of the summer, we thought we'd get together, have an opportunity to view movies that are from the past, They're of a diverse subject. Most of them were 
of historical significance. And we watched them as a, gr- as a group and then had pretty frank discussions following, answering questions that people asked about the subject matter of the movies. It was a wonderful opportunity for us to hear from people who've had a lot of intimate experience with race or sexual preference and um, just becoming more aware so that we can have greater empathy. That's excellent. What were some of the movies that you saw? We saw uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner from the late 60s. -hmm. We saw Spare Parts, which is a movie that documented what happened in Phoenix with some undocumented high school students who won a national robotics contest against the students of MIT. Oh, my goodness. Yes. This, Good that them. is an exciting movie, and uh, we really enjoyed that. Uh, we have seen uh, Pride, which is a movie about uh, the lesbian and gay community in England during the coal st- minor strike in the 1980s. We saw the movie Milk regarding Harvey Milk in San Francisco. So a full scope of movies. Is a Raisin in the Sun yes. is another one. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've enjoyed all of them. Very good. Do you think you'll do it next year again? Um, probably. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, think it, uh, I think it was a high point for people. We we each came in and brought popcorn and sat and watched our movies and then had a discussion. So <laughs> that's popcorn. good. That's great. That's great. And you learn from each other. And that's really good mm-hmm. because the league is really open to people coming and being part of our whatevers, our committees, our work. And uh, so you were able to invite people who hadn't been invited before or hadn't come to different mm-hmm. functions before. That's good. This is a very safe space. For everyone. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell me about something called a white knapsack. What is that? Well, among the other items that the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee has done is we've uh, worked to educate ourselves. And perhaps the most interesting article that we've read, we've seen TED Talks, many things, is one that was written in 1989 but is still relevant, and still quoted this day. It's called White Privilege, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack. And what it talks about are those things that those of us who are white take for granted. We don't even think about. Such as? Well, it used to be that when you would go to the card shop to buy a birthday card, all the cards had white people on them. Uh-huh. Now it's, uh, you know, there's so many things that we grew up taking for granted. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even think about it. But now it's becoming important that we learn to appreciate the difficulties that other people have had. Mm -hmm. And there's so much diversity. It's not just race. It's not just sexuality. There's diversity if you're young. There's diversity if you're old. Mm -hmm. There's diversity if you can walk. There's Mm -hmm. diversity if you're in a wheelchair. There's diversity if you're sighted or if you're hard of hearing. 
we're all uniquely different, and we need to appreciate these special things about each person and cherish them and learn from everyone Mm -hmm. about all these different things. So many of us know that we can go to the grocery store and we can see people just like us all around. We don't even need to think about that. Or if we buy a house, it's going to be in a neighborhood where we're going to feel welcomed Mm -hmm. if we're white. So these are things that we take for granted. It's, It's recently television has changed, which is really wonderful, because if you look at the commercials, now you see interracial couples in the commercials. You see lots of diversity. Mm -hmm. You see same-sex couples. So the advertising world has gotten it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At Mm -hmm. least they're doing it. So the rest of us are coming along. (laughs) But, But it's just very, very important that we recognize how privileged we are and this is a, a knapsack, so to speak, of privilege that we don't even know we're carrying mm-hmm. because it has no weight for us. Mm. Whereas people who don't have the advantages of those of us who are white Anglo-Saxon have a knapsack that they carry that has a pretty heavy load. Mm. And this is what we need to learn so that we can appreciate and celebrate the differences. We need to be curious. We need to be with people it's safe to ask questions about. And so this document called White Privilege, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack, which you can find on the Internet quite easily, puts this in your face and makes you think about how you have so many advantages. That's interesting. Both of my children are mixed races, and so they've had to deal with some things that I never had to deal with when I was growing up and as an adult, too. So I understand what you're saying. I think this is one of the great benefits of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee is that it's really been an opportunity for those of us to learn about so many different um, lifestyles that we've and ours that we have taken for granted and really now hopefully we're more appreciative of the struggles that other people have had to have. Now if you're interested in being part of the DEI committee or contacting the committee to see how that committee can assist you or your neighborhood in some way please contact the League of Women Voters here in town. The phone number is 520-327-7652. Thank you very much, Judy. I appreciate you being on the show today. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. You've been listening to a special program of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson on KXCI 91.3 FM. your vote. Time to have your say. Let your voice be heard now. You can make such a beautiful way. This is Vivian Hart, and I will be your host on behalf of the League. We are going to be talking today with Sue Armand and Barbara Becker 
about the upcoming forum that the League is going to be holding. The forum is going to be after the primary, and it's going to be of the candidates, both for mayor and certain city council members. Barbara, please tell us about this upcoming forum. Yes, we're very excited. The forum is on Thursday, September 26th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the YWCA. That's at 525 Bonita. And we'll start with the mayoral candidates. And after a very short break, we're going to hear the city council candidates. This is being co-sponsored with the YWCA and Tucson Young Professionals. Wonderful. Now, I know that not all of the city council people are running because only half of the city council people run every two years. It's That's staggered. That's so correct. what wards are, are going to be in the forum this year? Sue? Ward 1, Ward 2, and Ward 4 have candidates that are, are vying for those positions. In the general, we'll have Paul Cunningham as the, a Democrat, and Ewart Williams will be uh, the Republican. And in Ward 4, which is on the southeast side, that's where Shirley Scott has been our, our uh, representative for years. She's retiring, and we have uh, Republican Michael Hicks and a Democrat, Ricky Lee, and they will be in the general election, which will be on November 5th, Tuesday, November 5th. Now, all of the ballots are mail-in ballots, correct, for the city election. This is a city-only election. That's I right. live in the county. I didn't get a ballot for the primary. I am not going to get a ballot for the general election. Only city people can vote in this election who live within city limits. So tell us about the mail-in mail ballots, in. please. Yes. Well, that three weeks before the elections, the city will send out your ballot. And uh, then it's your responsibility to get it back, uh, re return, fill it out, and return it. Uh, at least a week before the actual election because it takes a while. You know, the ballots are going to be going to Phoenix and then coming back because we don't have our main center here anymore. So you have to compensate for uh, the extra time it takes. So the, in November, you need to get your ballot in at the end of October for the November general election. And the general election is November, November 5th. 5th. So it's probably good to mail in your ballot as soon as beginning you get it. <laughs> of the last week in October. At the latest. At the latest. Okay. Now, for people who don't mail it in, is there anywhere where they can take them on the day of the election? Yes. And that does happen, that people lose their ballot or that's in the, on the floor of their car being trampled on or <laughs> out of out of reach. So all of a sudden it. they say, oh, tomorrow is my election. So uh, they can go to voting locations that the city has set up. And this would be um, for uh, the November election. And they are uh, all kind of related to recreational centers that the city runs. For instance, like the Morris Udall Recreation Center, the Donna Liggins Recreation Center, the uh, William Clements Recreation Center, El Pueblo, and uh, Randolph Park, and you can go actually to the city clerk's 
office, which is on 800 East 12th Street. So there are there's a great opportunity. You just go. You say, I don't have my ballot. I, I lost it. They'll give you another ballot. You fill it out and give it to them. And it will become automatically a provisional until they verify that your uh, signature matches the signature they have on record. But your vote will be counted. So don't give up if you have lost your ballot. Give it another try. Now, what about the person who hasn't mailed in their ballot yet? They filled it out. They signed it. They did everything they needed to do, but they didn't actually mail it. Can they drop it off at Absolutely. these centers? Absolutely. Same, same routine. They just take it to those sites and drop it. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. And any of those sites. Doesn't have to any be one near you. That's correct. So tell us more about the forum. What is it like? What what can people who come to the forum expect? Well, the uh, we're going to have the discussion with the mayoral candidates first, and then there'll be a very short break, and then we'll go into the city council candidates. And we're going to be asking them some questions. And then we hope to open it up. People in the audience can put questions on cards, and then we give the cards to the moderator. And those questions can be asked of the candidates as well. And so I think there are a lot of issues, burning issues, that Mm -hmm. it should be a very interesting evening with seeing everyone's point of view of how they would deal with these issues. Now, I've seen your forums before, and people hold the card way up in the air for people to pick up to take to the moderator. Yes. And that's very, very good because that way everybody in the audience can participate but not standing up and talking. Exactly. And it it just makes it run a little faster and a little smoother. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, people are tired at the end of a day, so we know it. we can't run it too late. But we, it's important that everyone hear what these candidates have to say. And so far, because the Republicans you know, don't have that many candidates, They, we haven't really heard from them. So this should be a very interesting evening because we are going to hear from people we haven't heard from before. What are some of the burning issues that you're talking about? <laughs> well, if you've gone to any of the, <laughs> the ones so far, uh, you know that affordable housing is probably the number one mm-hmm. issue. And there's a lot of concern in Tucson about gentrification. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that, again, is the loss of affordable housing. So uh, that's a real issue. And while income disparity is a big part of that issue, uh, we, as hard as we try, we can't seem to keep up with the demand for affordable housing. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Um, another large one is the role of the neighborhood associations and their master planning. Mm. Uh, recently, there was a big boo-ha over um, the city ignoring um, the protests of a neighborhood and what they had written in their master plan and going with the developer. And so that's opened up a big discussion on just how valid are those plans and what is the real role of a neighborhood association and do they really have a voice in the city. I used to be the executive director of one of the main neighborhood associations in town for years, and that was a big issue, development in that area, and who was going to make the final decisions, the city or the residents, about 
development in that area. It's a big thing. It is a very big thing. And, of course, um, big developments can impact neighborhoods significantly. So uh, neighbors have a right to question what's going on around them Mm -hmm. because it, it will make a difference to many of them in their neighborhood. What else other than the candidates are going to be on the ballot this coming November? In November, uh, there'll be the question about the sanctuary city, whether Tucson will be a sanctuary city. And actually, the uh, initiative is called Tucson Families Free and Together. So that will be on the ballot. And also, the, the Citizens Commission on Public Service and Compensation recommended that the city of Tucson's charter be amended to adjust the uh, present salary of the of the mayors. But at the moment, the mayor makes $42,000 a year. They want to bump it up to about 20, uh, 63. Mm-hmm. And for the city council, they only get 24,000 and um they want to there's a um, support for 42,000. So, also the league is having a moderator training so that we can train moderators and other kinds of roles in forums. Would you tell us about that, please? The League is, I think, about the only group in the city that uh, opens up this training for the public. And we really encourage people that are running forums or planning forums to come to this workshop because the League has been doing... um, forms for many years and they know how to plan them and how to moderate them. So we are having a moderator training workshop open to the public and it's on Saturday, September 14th from 9 to 3 at the Manning House, which is at uh, 450 West Preseo Rodondo downtown. And you will find out how to be a moderator, you will uh, learn how to plan a forum and you will have an opportunity to role play at the same t- in the same workshop. So it's a very uh, uh, in-depth opportunity for anybody in town. I encourage anybody who's thinking about 2020 running a forum to come to this uh, learning experience. There is a $25 fee but it includes your snacks and lunch and a manual that is uh, very valuable for your future uh, activities when you become a moderator. And I know when I did it that uh, about <laughs> half the class were not league members. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously it's something that the general public thinks is very helpful. So, so how can someone sign up for it? Well, they should go to the League of Women Voters uh, website lwvgt.org and you can uh, learn uh, all the information I just told you but also you can pay by PayPal. Very easy and uh, it's well worth it. Thank you very much Barbara Becker and Sue DeArmond and keep voting everybody. You've been listening to a special program of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. Thank you very much for Judy Wood who's been telling us about the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, and to Barbara Becker and Sudi Armand, who's told us all about the forum that's coming up, about the candidates, 
that are going to be on the general election ballot on November 5th. The forum will be held on Thursday, September 26th, between 6 and 8 p.m. at the YWCA, Southern Arizona. The address is 525 North Bonita Avenue. You are listening to KXCI 91.3 FM. All episodes of these special programs of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson are on kxci.org after they have been broadcast. This show is recorded and produced by Amanda Schauger. Thank you very much for listening today. This is Vivian Hart. Be sure to vote. Go to the polls and cast your vote. Time to have your say. Let your voice be heard now. You can make such a beautiful way. 